this episode, we're talking about sea lions. Sea lions are part of a group of animals called pinnipeds that include seals, sea lions and walruses. Australian sea lions are the only pinnipeds endemic to Australia, but unfortunately, research shows their numbers are declining. Sea lions are lovingly known as the puppies of the sea for their friendly faces and playful behaviour. So it's unsurprising that the number of people interested in ensuring their conservation ranges from research scientists to school children. We're here today with Melissa Evans, who's the District Marine and River Park Coordinator with Western Australia's Park and Wildlife Service. Melissa has been collaborating and coordinating sea lion monitoring programs across the WA coast to help scientists understand the pressure that popular marine animals are facing and figure out what we can do about it. Thank you for joining us today, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Let's start with a question that probably has an obvious answer. What is it about these adorable creatures that makes them so special and how did you get involved with working with them? I think the thing that people uh, like the most about sea lions, especially around Western Australia and in, in Perth, is the fact that they can uh, get out um, on a weekend and actually experience seeing these animals in the wild. Uh, they're located reasonably close to Perth, so people have no challenges getting out in their own boats um, or via kayak to some of the islands to be able to view and interact with these animals. They're absolutely adorable. And as you said, they, they do resemble puppies somewhat, which I think adds to the character of them. And you said as well, you know, that they are endemic to Australia and they're quite large, fluffy animals. So I think everyone's just generally drawn to them. The way I got involved with them was when I started working for Parks and Wildlife in Western Australia and working for the Swan Coastal District in Perth and getting involved with the monitoring programs that have been going on here for uh, around 20 years. Wow. So they do look cute and adorable, but they're tough, right? They're muscly? They're super tough uh, and muscly. They're extremely streamlined in the water. They're fantastic swimmers. Uh, and some people that may have seen them out in the wild will see that they have some fairly impressive acrobatics when they want to um, jump out of the water and come and say hi to people. And then it's, it's a bit of a contrast, actually. So when you see them on the beach, they're usually a little bit more cumbersome. They are pretty significant, hefty animals. So it takes a little bit of effort for them to move around. But generally, they are just a, an adorable animal. And where can we find them in WA? So they're located all the way from Geraldton and the Ebrolis Islands, around western coast of Western Australia, and then down onto the south coast as well. They do extend into South Australia as well. So we heard a rumour that the boys hang out by themselves and there's no girls allowed and the girls are somewhere else completely different and then they go on adventures to see each other. Is that true? So that's definitely the case with the, the sort of Perth metropolitan uh, population. So in places like the Abrolhos and down on the south coast, you will see the males and females in, in the same location. But the unique situation we have in Perth is that we have around six haul-out islands with mostly males um, it's very unusual to see a female. I think I've seen one um, in Perth in the eight years that I've worked here. Mm. And our males uh, will swim up to Durian Bay to mate with the females um, that are residing up on the islands off Durian Bay. Boys trip. Boys trip. Wow. And then what happens when they get there? So they'll, they'll head up there to mate with the females. They'll usually relax and, and rest up there. It's actually a bit of a treacherous journey for them because they expend a lot of energy to make the trip all the way up to Durian, they're quite busy while they're there <laughs> and are then trying to make their way back to Perth. So that's when we can um, see, yeah, some injured animals um, sort of at the end of breeding season as they're coming back to Perth. They're usually tired um, and we do start to see um, a few predation injuries. 
Um, and it's a really important time for people to be mindful if you're seeing a sea lion out there to, to give them some space. So that's a nice little segue when you talk about predation. What other issues are facing the sea lion? Uh, so probably one of the big challenges that we see, they've got a very unusual sort of breeding habit. So the breeding cycle is sort of one pup every sort of 17 and a half months. So it's not a regular, we're having a pup every year, so that's helping replenish the population. Yeah, they are sort of, um, I guess, reasonably slow growing. They have that prolonged period for them to have their pups. Yeah, they are predated on by other marine um, animals, sharks and things like that. I think they have um, challenges as well with the fact that they like to haul out in these popular locations around town centres. <laughs> so like Perth, as I said, we've got six locations that we see them regularly in Perth. They are really close to the to the mainland, so it's, it is fantastic for us to be able to see them, but it does pose a challenge that they they are disturbed a little bit more frequently than those um, sea lions are, that are in, you know, more remote locations. And what about um, marine pollution, fishing nets and debris and things? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're all possible risks. We don't see as many entanglements in fishing line um, and fishing gear as we do with, say, whales and things like that. There's been a concerted effort with the crayfishing industry to make some changes to the way that they're their gear is um, set and also uh, there are sort of um, seal and sea line exclusion devices that are used by a lot of commercial fishers, which have been quite helpful. We have disentangled some that have been in fishing lines and plastic bags previously. Wow. So with all those issues facing the sea lines, what are we doing? What, what can be done? I think probably um, the biggest thing is that raising awareness. So we were talking about, you know, school children and, and the community generally being interested. We undertake monitoring every month. Um, of, the, of our Perth uh, sea lions. And that information helps inform the scientists and helps inform our educational messages. So while we're out there doing the monitoring, we can also interact with the public that are out there on their boats. There's a lot of education programs in schools where we can actually go out and have a chat to, to kids and let them know about the plights of the sea lions. And I guess pretty much any time that our marine rangers um, and operation officers are out in the field, we can be discussing with the public ways that they can help um, reduce stress and pressures on the sea lions and give them the best chance they have of, um, yeah, of surviving. So you're going out there and you're monitoring numbers? Yes. So you're heading out on a boat, you're counting sea lions? Yes. Right. It's <laughs> quite a fun job. <laughs> I bet it is. And we hear um, Dr. Holly Rodino, Dr. Kelly Wafel. Yep. And Chandra as well. There yep. seems to be a lot of women involved in sea lion conservation. Is that a coincidence, do you think? Oh, I'm, I'm not entirely um, sure. There's definitely most of the um, scientists that we work with on a regular basis are females. So, yep, there might be something <laughs> in that. <laughs> My name is Chandra Salgado-Kent and I'm based at Edith Cowan University as an Associate Professor and I'm working today with the Department of Biodiversity, Conservation and Attractions on a project on endangered Australian sea lions. Today we are out at Karnak Island which is off the Perth metropolitan region and we're putting satellite trackers, so satellite transmitters, onto these sea lions so by being able to work out the important habitats that these animals are using, where they're foraging, then we'll be able to better manage these animals so we can think about the use in our activities as humans in these areas 
and how we can ensure that we're not further impacting a species which has a population that is not increasing at the moment. And so we yeah, had great weather all up until we we're actually looking to uh, go ahead and put the satellite tag on and it started raining. <laughs> but um, we worked through the rain and we got the satellite tag on successfully. And it's been an absolutely brilliant day with an incredible team of 14 of us out here, all helping each other as this fantastic collaboration between the Department of Biodiversity Conservation Attractions and Edith Cowan University. Absolutely. So how can we help? If we see a, see a sea lion, what can we do? So there's probably a couple of things. Um, sea lions really need their space. So when they're in the water and they're, they're foraging and they're, and they're traveling, they're expending a lot of energy. They're diving down really deep to get fish and squid and things that they're feeding on. So when they come back to the beaches, they really need to rest and be able to regain their energy, digest all that food so that they're ready to go, whether it's for foraging uh, for play or whether it's, you know, heading up to the breeding island. So the, the six island sites that the sea lions like to use are really important locations for them to be given, given their space. So um, it is absolutely a privilege for us to be able to see them in that close proximity, but we do need to give them a good amount of distance from a vessel, from even from a kayak or a paddleboard. And if you do see one on land, you do need to stay at least 10 metres from that animal as well. If you do see a sea lion or, or any other seal uh, pinniped on a mainland beach, usually that um, animal might have something else going on, whether it's a, a minor injury, whether it's um, been attacked by something and it hasn't quite made it back to its normal haul out location. And those ones are, you know, it's really important to, to keep our distance from those. Members of the public can also report any injured or sick um, seals or sea lions that they see through to the wild care hotline. And, uh, and then we can monitor that individual. We can put up fencing around it and signage and help educate the public specifically for that animal. Right, right. So if they had uh, an injury, they, they might be quite grumpy. So absolutely yes. Absolutely good idea to stay away. Absolutely. So as much as it's for their protection and, and to give them some space to be able to recuperate, they are wild animals. Um, they, they're not like a Labrador, even though they look a little bit similar. Uh, they, they can carry diseases that are transmittable to people and people can also... Um, yeah, transmit diseases and illness to the animals. As much as they are a little bit cumbersome on the beach, they've got these bursts of energy and they will chase you <laughs> down the beach. It's really important for you to keep your uh, dogs or any other pets that you might have with you on a lead um, if you do encounter a seal, a seal or a sea lion as well. So we don't want that um, interaction between a domestic animal and the sea lion. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Melissa. It was so great to learn from you and congratulations on all the great work that you and your team are doing. It's really, really great to hear. The latest edition of Landscape Magazine features an article about a program that Melissa's involved in called Saving Sea Lions. As part of the project, Bush Range cadets with special needs from Rockingham Senior High School learn all about Australian sea lions. Then they get taught how to draw illustrations of the sea lions and those illustrations are turned into artwork. The artwork is printed on leggings, made from sustainable fabric, as well as mugs and other merchandise. And then all the proceeds from the merchandise go straight back to Melissa. Not in her pocket, but where she and her team will put that money towards sea lion conservation. So that's it. You heard it here. 
while sea lions are absolutely adorable and it's incredibly hard to resist the urge to go up to them, we need to keep our distance. We need to keep our dogs away and we also need to make sure we take care of our marine environment. This audio story was brought to you by Landscape Magazine, published by Western Australia's Department of Biodiversity, Conservation and Attractions. For more information and to subscribe to the print edition of the magazine, visit shop.dbca.wa.gov.au.